From the Independent Record Offices in Helena, I'm Eric Seidel, and this is a special edition of Above the Fold for Friday, March 20th, 2020. On this special episode of Above the Fold, we focus entirely on the local impacts of one subject, the coronavirus. The show format, in large part, will stay the same, but we have two special in-studio interviews on the episode. In our first interview, we talked with local businesswoman Lindsay Leachman, who's the owner of Big Dipper Ice Cream here in Helena. Lindsay shares with us how she became the owner of Big Dipper and also what it's like to own a food establishment in such trying times. Following Lindsay's interview, we speak with Cecily Townsend, who's both a mother and fifth grade teacher here in Helena. Cecily gives us her unique perspective on handling the virus, along with her point of view as a teacher on the quarantine, what it's like to have no in-person classes, and how to keep online learning effective. But first, I think it's important to maybe play a little catch-up and give you an update and a timeline on the coronavirus news that's happened since our last episode. Since we signed off from the podcast last week, I think we all expected more news about the coronavirus to come out and for it to impact us locally. I don't know that anyone could have foreseen just how much news would come out or to the degree that it would impact us here locally in Helena. A slew of updates started on Friday and continued through the weekend. In the first big group of updates, St. Peter's Health implemented emergency protocols. On the 12th of March, Nolan Lister reported St. Pete's claimed that it was prepared to handle a large-scale outbreak of the novel coronavirus if called on to do so, according to their chief medical officer, Shelley Harkins. According to Harkins, the hospital is working in lockstep with state and local governments to ensure everyone is on the same page and able to deliver care effectively. She said people who believe they've contracted the virus must call ahead, and she asked that people refrain from coming to the hospital first. Shortly after the St. Pete's healthcare press release, Montana Governor Steve Bullock declared a state of emergency in Montana over the coronavirus. Montana Governor Steve Bullock signed an executive order declaring a state of emergency in Montana in response to the coronavirus. The order came as sporting events around the state were canceled and as the university systems announced they would be moving to online classes for the rest of the school year. At that time, Bullock said he anticipated the state would have its first diagnosis of a coronavirus case within the Montana border soon. Following Governor Bullock's declared state of emergency, Lewis and Clark County declared its own public health emergency. During a special meeting held last Friday afternoon, the Lewis and Clark County Commission declared a public health emergency related to a potential novel coronavirus outbreak in the area. The resolution that was approved by the commission stated, Local resources will not be adequate to cope with the situation, and expenditures for the response to this pandemic will be beyond the financial capability of the county. County Commission Chairwoman Susan Goodgeese said the decision was a financial one. She said it is an effort to secure some $50 billion of federal funding pledged to local governments to help combat the spread of the virus. When money becomes available through the state, the county's approved resolution will give it standing to request those funds. On March 15th, Montana announced its first four cases of the coronavirus. Holly Michaels reports that the state of Montana announced its first four presumptive positive cases for the coronavirus late Friday night. As of that time, 107 people had been tested 
for COVID-19, and the first four positive tests came back for the state of Montana. Also reported on March 15th, Governor Steve Bullock closes public K-12 schools for two weeks. Hollymakers reports that following presumptive tests for coronavirus within Montana's borders, Governor Steve Bullock ordered public K-12 schools statewide to close for two weeks, encouraged limits on gatherings of more than 50 people, and put into place visiting limitations at nursing homes. All K-12 schools will be closed Monday, March 16th, until March 27th. And finally, reported on March 16th by both Nolan Lister and Holly Michaels, Governor Bullock does not shut down local businesses. However, local health departments do put restrictions on bars, restaurants, and gyms. Governor Steve Bullock reiterated he strongly urged a limit on gatherings of 50 people or more in an effort to slow the spread of the new coronavirus, but stopped short of ordering bars, restaurants, or other businesses in the state to close, saying those decisions could be made at the local level. And shortly after he spoke, some of the state's largest cities took that step. Lewis and Clark Public Health ordered the closure or restrictions to most food, drink, and fitness establishments within the county. It exempts food establishments that provide drive-through, delivery, or pickup services. And now that we are caught up, let's move on with the focus of this week's episode of Above the Fold. Trying to get a first-person's perspective of the effects of the coronavirus. I thought it was important to get a first person's perspective, a local feel from the community on how the virus is affecting you, the listeners and the readers. Our first guest, Lindsay Leachman, first became the owner of the Helena Ice Cream Stable, Big Dipper, in 2017. Lindsay, first tell me how your journey with Big Dipper started. My journey with Big Dipper started in 2010. I was hiking Mount Helena with my dogs back in 2010, and one of my dogs started barking and being a brat to this really kind woman's dog on the mountain. And I apologized profusely and really hit it off with the woman, and it turned out it was Anna Doran. And I had actually ran into her a couple days later on the walking mall, and she was standing outside of what is now Big Dipper with her children. And we got to talking, and she told me she was opening up Big Dipper Helena. And I had told her how I went to school in Missoula, and I loved Big Dipper and had fond memories, and she offered me a job right on the spot. Um, I was currently working full-time for the state, so I just was closing the store for Anna. I was there opening night. The community was super supportive. It was a crazy night. And a few months after working part-time, Anna offered me general manager position. I took the leap of faith and took the position, which was a really big deal for me, and I managed the store for Anna until 2017 when she approached me and asked if my husband and I would be interested in purchasing the store. Okay, so that brings us to 2017. You're an owner. So sort of tell me how things work with opening a business and being a first-time business owner, uh, maybe some of the challenges and some of the learning experiences. The biggest challenge for me was definitely going from being the general manager to owner. I didn't realize how those were two different hats to be wearing. And I'm trying to play both roles still, and that can be really challenging at times. It was easy for me to let the previous owner be the face of the company and do the orchestrating from behind the scenes. And it's more difficult for me to step up and be the face of the company now. 
So that brings us up to now where you're the owner, and I'm sure you've faced challenges before as the owner. Have you ever been in a position like you are now with the outbreak of the coronavirus? Well, we've definitely had our fair share of challenges, the things everyone deals with, with machines breaking down, freezers breaking down. That's always a little stressful. I've been super fortunate with my staff. Sometimes we're a little understaffed and that can be stressful, but it usually works out in the end. But nothing is comparable to what we're dealing with now. If you would have asked me, I would have never thought that this was an option when I bought the business. So I think what interests me most about your story and the story of restaurants in general are the restrictions to dining in. How has that changed things for you at Big Dipper? Business has been impacted greatly. I haven't been this scared probably ever in my life. And um, my biggest concern always has been and by far now is the safety of my customers and employees. And I just want to do right by everyone So I was scared we were going to have to shut down completely, and I was scared for my staff, and I spent a lot of nights crying and reached out to a lot of other local downtown business owners, and that has been so helpful because we are all in this together, and just knowing that we're not alone has helped me tremendously. Um, But I, I make it a point to check in with my staff, check in with our customers, and make sure we're taking extra precautions with cleaning and sanitizing. I just want to create an environment where people continue to feel safe and happy. And the fact that people can only do carry out now, it changes the experience with Big Dipper for sure because we're a a place for gathering. Lots of people come for their first dates to our place. We've had proposals, lots of family events. So it changes the experience for customers. So you... Of course, mention that people can't eat their Big Dipper anymore and they have to get their ice cream and bring it home. Has there been feedback from the customers about that? Do you feel like the dine-out thing is working as far as getting folks in and out pretty quick and limiting exposure for people in big groups? Just how do you feel the restrictions overall are affecting your customers just generally? Our customers have been absolutely incredible during this transition. Our downtown neighbors have been so supportive. It's amazing to me how many people are coming out and supporting local businesses still. Customers are being really respectful of the six-foot distance rule, very respectful of my staff. With our current setup with the carryout service, it seems that customers can come in and get out really quickly, and they don't have to worry about being around large gatherings of people. So you've mentioned that you were scared and the fear, but you've said the one thing that's been really, really helpful is the support you've got from the community and your customers. Before you leave, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I was I was really concerned that there was just nobody was going to come downtown. I did not know what to expect. I wasn't sure if I was going to have to close my doors. Just a lot of unknown fear. And it just blows my mind how many people are still showing up for all the local businesses downtown. I cannot express how grateful I am. The support has been amazing. And I just want to take a moment to thank Helena for being so wonderful and supportive. Awesome, Lindsay. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and more than anything for sharing your story and talking about just how the virus has impacted you locally here in Helena as a business owner. Thanks so much.
In our second interview, Cecily Townsend shares an interesting perspective with us as both a mother and fifth grade teacher. Cecily, as a mother, what is it like to be quarantined at home so far? Um, I would say that so far it's been fairly easy being home. Uh, I think we it's securing feeling that um, that we're home. I'm not. I, my kids aren't out and exposed. I guess that's the the first thing that I that made me feel a little better is knowing that they're home and that they're they're safe. Once that initial feeling of okay, we can wrap our heads around this. Of then there becomes the now what and how can we make this be productive? How can we make this be consistent and be routine? I started making plans of how we could uh, do that. Um, thank goodness for social media and Instagram, um, where various moms were coming on and showing schedules and routines that they had for their kids. And it, it kind of gave me an indication of uh, where I needed to start, at least. What are some good activities or schedules that you might want to share with folks that they can do from home or just maybe some helpful tips that you saw on Instagram and Facebook? Okay, so one of the, the best things that I did see actually came from Pink. And you know, I, I think that she does an incredible job mothering, or at least I, that's what I can tell from a distance, only knowing, knowing her on social media. But she came on and showed a schedule that she had found uh, that was provided by a pediatrician. As far as academic time goes, some resources available out there. Scholastic.com put out some free learning resources and free home education you can do. Something really great I found is uh, Mo Willems. He's an author and illustrator for children's books, and he has a doodle time every day at 1 o'clock. He gets on and does a live feed, and he's teaching kids how to draw. And I think some of these are geared towards kids who are home by themselves and don't have a parent to help guide them. Um, even if parents have to be at work, they could still have a schedule, I think, to guide their kid through here are the things you're going to do during the day. Here are some places to visit, keep some academic time or some some creative time in, let's say, so that kids aren't just playing video games and surfing YouTube all, all day alone. One thing I think that I've noticed, parents maybe feel like they have a very regimented feeling, or even in some cases, parents feeling like just kind of stuck or sort of in, in kind of the doldrums or just kind of like, oh, a negative vibe of what am I going to do? I'm, I'm just stuck here. Do you have any tips or helpful hints for parents to just kind of keep the vibe positive or just kind of not getting stuck in a loop or just keeping the vibe around the house positive and keeping spirits high with your kids and even with yourself? You know, I talk a lot about routine, 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 sticking to schedule, but I also think you don't want to get hung up on that. And, you know, I think we're in a stressful time. You know, it's a stressful time as it is. And uh, just like today, my daughter was doing some online learning and she was on Microsoft Teams. It got overloaded and it kept kicking her out. And the paragraph that she was writing went away. And at that point, the situation got a little heightened and she was nervous and worried. And I was, you know, I was helping my other daughter at the same time do something. And I think lunch was cooking. And I kind of just went, and I said, to, you're going to come back to what you're doing. She said, but it's due. And I said, at this point in time, even if it's due by this afternoon, we're going to have to do it when we can get back up online. We're doing the best we can. And I think every parent's as they're home with their kids, they have to remember they're doing the best 
they can. And if things don't get turned in when they're supposed to to teachers, it's going to be okay. Perhaps this is, is allowing us all to slow down just a little bit. And as we get stuck in the doldrums in the routine, remember that one day we're going to look back on this time and yeah, we're going to say, wow, that was really stressful. But wow, I had some real quality time at home with my kids when they were still little, or I had some real quality time at my home, at my home with my partner or my parent or whoever you're quarantining with. So now if you wouldn't mind throwing your teacher hat on for a little bit, when you first heard the news that in-person classes were being canceled, where did your thoughts first go? And what plans did you have to make, not only as a mother, but just as a teacher for your classroom and for your students? Well, when I first heard, um, I thought it was a very wise decision. I was, I felt a humongous sense of relief. Then your mind goes to, well, what about the kids who rely on school for a hot, for a hot meal? You know, how are they going to get their breakfast and lunch? Next up, you know, you go to, okay, so we've, Right now, and right now we have two weeks. So you're looking two weeks ahead. You know, it's end of the quarter. Eh? So my brain went to, okay, what do I need to collect to get the final grades in to get an accurate uh, picture of each child's academic su- success? You know, at fifth grade, that starts to really, you know, you really start to pay attention to that. I'm sure that I can't even imagine how high school teachers are dealing with this. You know, they, you know, you have 12th graders who are preparing to go to college. However, I've, I, I've also been very impressed with seeing what teachers have pulled together in the last few weeks, or sorry, last few days. Another challenge that teachers face is, will parents do what we're asking them to do at home? Will these assignments be taught? Will they will they be completed in a way that, that meets our expectations? And if they're not, how can I communicate that if, okay, I need you to go back, I need you to redo this because this really matters even though they're home, what they're doing still really matters. So I think you kind of touch on a, a good point there. I wasn't probably the, the greatest student, maybe in, until I even reached college. So I, I wonder if I was in a position as a grade school student, what effort would I be giving these online assignments? And how can teachers sort of ensure that the right amount of effort and time is getting put into the the online work. Constant presence or as much as you can um, with your students, frequent email check-ins, um, using platforms like Zoom or, you know, which is, has a kind of a FaceTime quality where you can get on and talk to your students. Maybe I think that it's going to be important for them to see you face-to-face and see you in real time. It's going to be a big cue for them that, oh, yeah, there she is or there he is. There, That's, you know, that's the voice I'm used to hearing. Oh, you know, this is her expectation. This is his expectation. I'm, you know, I, I think that will help students with their online learning if we can keep a connection. And at some point, uh, we will reach a time where in-person classes are back to normal and you'll be teaching students again. What are some important factors and considerations to keep in mind upon students returning to the classroom? I think upon return, we're going to have to remember that we just went through something very abnormal. And even when we try to find the normal within it, we're going to have to readjust and 
get back to life as we knew it before this happened. Before we just jump right in, we have to make sure that our kids' emotional well-being is where it should be, our students. You know, it. We need to make. We need to look at the whole child. We need to make sure that they're in a place where they're ready to get back at it again. And I think teachers, parents, all the adults that are around children, we're going to have to be patient. I think patience, um, even with ourselves, and to know that maybe things don't look quite the same as they did before we went into all of this, and, and that's okay. Cecily, I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your perspective both as a mother and as a teacher um, during the quarantine. Thanks so much. That was a special edition of Above the Fold for Friday, March 20th, 2020. I can't express enough just how busy and hardworking our newsroom team has been over the last week, not only just here in Helena, but across the entire state of Montana. In particular, our state and government reporter, Holly Michaels, for getting you the latest in coronavirus news, testing statistics, and safety information. Helena, keep your head up. We will get through this. As always, you can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and rate via the Apple Podcasts app. Get the latest in breaking news, coronavirus or otherwise, via our website, HelenaIR.com, or our social media platforms. We hope you enjoyed the show, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.